0: Football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here
1: we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and
2: he. Alright, what's up? Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. It's Thursday. It's May 16. We got a fun show today. We got a guest interview. With ben Bolin of the Boston Globe, and it's really awesome. I'll tell you about it in a second. I'm Adam Azer. Dave's here. Hey, Dave. What's going on, New Yorker? Jamie's here. What's up, uh, Jamie? Yo. And Heath Cummings back on the show. Congratulations. Thank you for
3: something. I don't know for what, but thank you. Um,. Well, your team is going to get RJ Barrett That's in the right. NBA draft, and you've always thought that RJ Barrett was better than Zion Williamson. That's kind of true. So now the Knicks are going to get the better player. <laughs> I don't know what everybody's complaining about. We're not complaining. We're not complaining. These morons. Every fan everybody's in such the world a moron. No, we're
2: not
0: complaining. Like, we're all
2: were. No, you are not
0: complaining. No, li- I talk to Knicks fans. You don't
2: talk to Knicks fans.
0: We're not complaining. Like okay, so you and your two friends who root for the Knicks are no, not complaining. I, we have a community. You're not part of. You don't. Know I thought. I, about I thought
3: it. that most people who went to Knicks games were just going to cheer for the other team. That's just. I like, don't actually have any fans left. No, it's false. Gosh,
0: gosh. Would it's you? Would you be ignorance. more excited about R.J. Barrett or getting Anthony Davis and giving up R.J. Barrett? Anthony Davis. Now, so that's w- what's gonna happen.
2: Would I be excited about having Le'Veon Bell? if I knew that the coach of the team didn't want him, (laughs) didn't want to spend a lot of money on him. So interesting situation with the Jets. What did we talk to Ben Volan about? We talked to him about the Patriots and the offense, and he gave some pretty interesting projections for the backfield, for the wide receivers. Uh, Really, uh, you know, fantasy-relevant stuff. And we spoke to him for about 20 minutes at the end of the show. I also asked him about Bill Belichick and the press conferences, just uh, what makes the Patriots dynasty great, kind of an underrated reason. So I encourage you to stick around to the end of the show, hear that interview. And, and if you stuff.
0: own uh, a lawn, good lawn mowing conversation, too.
2: Very good lawn mowing conversation. Have any of you guys, I'm going to guess the answer is Heath. Have you any of you actually ever mowed your own lawn?
3: Yes. Nope. Um, before I moved down here, I had five acres and I mowed like three and a half of it. Almost every week. Wow. What happened to the rest of it? Uh, It was wooded.
2: How about that? I did not take Dave for a lawn mowing kind of guy.
1: But okay, I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm out there every Saturday morning, bandana on, (laughs) no shirt, (laughs) drinking chocolate milk, sweating it up and cutting lawns. I I cut other people's lawns in
3: high school to earn extra money.
2: That is the best image, Sketcher Doodle. I hope you're listening. Let's get to the show. (laughs) (laughs) We got some fill-in-the-blank to get to, Uh, but let's start with that Jets news. There's not a lot of news going on right now, but they fired Mike McCagnon, Adam Gase getting some more control, reportedly did not want to. So was it that he didn't want to sign Le'Veon Bell or he didn't want to break the bank on Le'Veon Bell?
0: I'm going to guess both, but uh, I'm sure a lot of it had to do with the money. Look, if you get him cheap, why would you say no? Um, He seems to be of that mentality of you don't pay that position. And I'm sure that probably went into it. He also apparently did not want to pay for a center, because they were in the Mitch Morse uh, conversation as well. Um, it kind of goes to what he said at the the owners meetings. You know, when he, he said that um, he doesn't want to overwork one guy. Uh, you look at the track record. You know, Jay Ajayi was was good, and then they traded him because the personalities clashed. Uh, Kenyon Drake was good. He didn't work him a lot. You know, he used the veteran guy and Frank Gore. So. If you were excited about Le'Veon Bell, I hope you still are. If you weren't excited about Le'Veon Bell as I am, um, I, I'm
3: not drafting him. We we get the impression that Adam Gase would much rather have someone that's going to do exactly what he says in the exact way he says than, in every way possible than someone that has
0: talent. The the <laughs> look, I mean, we're we're based in South Florida, so I listen to a lot of local radio because I'm I'm friends with a lot of these guys, and the the overwhelming conversation uh, in the last 24 hours has been. If Adam Gates did not get along with you, you were basically out of a job. Now, a lot of that had to do with the players. Uh, and you look at the guys who he didn't get along with, and they were pretty high-profile guys. You know, Ajayi, Jarvis Landry, Damakensu. Um, He had a problem with Rashad Jones. He he didn't let him play in, in one game. I and mean, he sent Jay Ajayi home, you know, uh, in the season opener against Seattle in his first game as a head coach. So he's he's got some, some pretty uh, – Instead of working things out, he seems to just say goodbye. And he couldn't work things out with Mike McKinnon And um, you know, apparently, he won the power struggle.
3: And thankfully, Le'Veon Bell is a team-first guy. <laughs> right? You don't have to worry about having any conflicts with the coaching staff. It's it's literally. Uh, I mean, you know,
0: you've I've heard this a lot uh, again in the last twenty-four hours. And and Adam, you can certainly appreciate it. Uh, he won the Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. Yep, yep. You know, he 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 got his uh, his way in in this power struggle for the Jets. It's just. It seems very baffling now. If they get the guy that they want, uh, the Douglas guy from Philadelphia, to run things as the general manager, um, you know he seems to be a guy that a lot of people think can can do the job. But you're coming into a situation where you have to sort of take a back seat to the head coach, and that's never a good thing as a general manager.
1: He's going to have to bend the knee to the man on the Look green throne. Dave, well, I've been right. on Twitter enough to know how how this lingo works for Game of Thrones. Listen, but the green throne is like a lawn chair.
2: When well, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. There is no middle ground. Not today. Cersei Lannister, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Not today. No spoilers. We're not spoiling anything. Don't worry. Any other big news items? Uh, that,
0: that's, that's three weeks old, buddy.
2: Darren Lee uh, going from the Jets to the
1: Chiefs for a six-round pick. That might be an example of a player that Adam Gase didn't like. So that he says, get out of here. It happened right after uh, Gase became the interim GM. Yeah, he he was a big bust, and uh, he goes to the Chiefs. Maybe they can
2: revive him. Uh, let's get into fill-in-the-blank. Let's have some fun here. All right, so I got some wacky ones. I think I have six fill-in-the-blanks. I sent you guys three of them because I didn't want you to be prepared uh, for the other three. Here's the first one. If blank gets hurt, blank will be a star. Dave, you showed the most enthusiasm. For fill-in-the-blank. So gonna fill-in-the-blank,
1: thank you. You go first. Well, I figured someone else will say the Rams, guys, so I went with Mark Ingram, who could get hurt, almost 30 years old. If he gets hurt, Justice Hill will be a star.
3: I like that one. If Tariq Cohen gets hurt, David Montgomery will be a star.
1: What if David Montgomery is already a star?
3: He's going to be good already, but he will be a star if Cohen gets hurt.
0: Yeah, I'll go with uh, if Chris Carson gets hurt, Rashad Penny will be a star.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Those are good. These are good. How about...
0: And if Le'Veon Bell gets hurt,
1: oh, never mind. Ty Montgomery's not going anywhere.
0: No, but Elijah McGuire
1: could be good. They'll he'll mix and match guys. It'll be horrendous. So,
2: what if we didn't do running backs? Because those are the easy ones. What if we, if we go wide receiver or tight end or something? We're probably wide receiver.
1: I, if we went tight end, I'd say that if Kyle Rudolph gets hurt or gets traded, then. Irv Smith would have a pretty good opportunity. Same in
0: Philly. Zach Hurts gets hurt. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. Got her. her. Um, I just lost. Oh, uh, we already have an example of this. Uh, And I don't know if he gets hurt, but if he doesn't come back on time, Uh, Emmanuel Sanders with Deshaun Hamilton.
2: Do you think he
0: could be a star? I mean, Hamilton was pretty good at the end of last season, the final four games with, um, you know, I an Inexperienced situation. Uh, I don't know if the quarterback situation is an upgrade or not. We'll find out. But I, I like Deshaun Hamilton's chances, even if Sanders plays. But I think he could be very good if Sanders is out. How
3: about if Julio Jones gets hurt, Calvin Ridley will be a star?
1: Again, I'd say Calvin is already a we pretty got a star. well Dave, established a
3: star, not a starter for your fantasy team. Okay. A star. I mean, we kind of saw this
0: last year too in, in Houston uh, with Will Fuller, with Kiki QT. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, and of course, if Eli
1: Manning gets hurt, then Daniel Jones. Takes the field. And Dave Gettleman's visions come t- into
3: what if? Focus. What about if Eli Manning and Daniel Jones get hurt? Sterling Shepard will be a star.
0: He'll be the quarterback?
3: No. Uh, <laughs> he just might have a good quarterback. Oh, I um, see. Very funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I mean, let another, another one we saw last year, too. Uh, A.J. Green with Tyler Boyd.
2: I don't think that was really dependent on A.J. Green, though, was it?
0: No, but, you know, again, he just you, you hope that... Further maturation. You're probably right. You know he was he was good enough beforehand.
2: So let me give you a hypothetical. Let's say it's week six, and Emmanuel Sanders is out for the season, unfortunately, and Zach Ertz, even more unfortunately, is out for the season. Who's leading your waiver wire column? Dallas oh, Goddard Dallas or Goddard. Dasha? Yeah,
0: yeah, Goddard. But, but, but really God, uh, Hamlin is going to get drafted. Dallas Goddard not going to get drafted.
2: Okay, Uh, here we go. Let's see. I'll give, you, I'll give you the fill in the blanks that I already told you about, and then I'll mix in the kind of wacky ones. If I were going to use the friendship strategy, it would be with blank and blank.
3: And I, me, every help. time I try to interpret what the friendship right. strategy is, I get it wrong. <laughs> so I'm going to try, and you're going to tell me, no, that's not the friendship strategy. I think you should define it based on what you think it is. But I'm going to say D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee. Two very cheap wide receivers. One of the two I expect will be Nick Foles' favorite. I don't know who it's going to be. I think this offense is going to throw the football more. I think either of them could be a starting fantasy wide receiver. And you could probably get them with like your 10th and 14th round picks. I That was Dave's sort of spinoff of the
2: friendship strategy. Two late round wide receivers from the same team. I think that they have to be, at least one of them has to be like a top, Sixty-ish pick, like one of them.
0: Right, has to be pretty established. you you're, you're the, the, the strategy. If I remember correctly, was built off of the Raiders guys, right, with Cooper and Crabtree. Cooper and Crabtree.
2: Uh, and you're taking
0: Cooper in the first five rounds and Crabtree in the first nine. Rounds.
2: Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams was one. What that about I did. what about
0: now? Assuming the suspension does happen, as we expect, Sammy Watkins and Mikael Hardman.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I think. I mean, Mike Williams is going to go a little bit too early. I think one would or be the
0: like- two the two Colts guys now with uh, T. Y. Hilton and yeah. Paris Campbell. Although there was a there's a great story in the Indianapolis Star. Um, apparently, Chris Ballard allowed the local media to go watch film with him of all the draft picks that the Colts had already selected. I think I, I read it correctly. They already had selected them, right? Yes. Um, and so his quotes on on Paris Campbell are pretty telling. Um, they. Seem to want to use him quite a bit, but he's also kind of, I, I think, limiting the expectations of what he's going to be as a rookie. Like he said, he could be great as a rookie, or we may not get the best of him until year three. Hmm, interesting. So it makes me a little bit nervous to to go all in on him as a key contributor to my fantasy roster, but I think there's certainly a ton of upside there. Like, I would not be surprised if he's the fourth best rookie receiver this season at best. Would you be surprised if he was he may the, be the first
1: fifth. best rookie receiver? Uh, like, I just think that that range. Oh, is for, sure, I, for sure. For it, sure. There, it's there's, in play for a lot of these guys. 100%. But I think it's, especially in PPR, I, I think it's definitely the case for Campbell.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or he may not play very much. I mean, that the, they also said um, kick returns and, and punt returns. You know, so he's going to have a wide range of, of roles, I think, on that team. Um, and Adam, you talked about this, you know, with uh, with how Andrew Luck spreads the ball around. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, again, if the Tyreek Hill suspension happens, there's probably more targets in place for Hardman. There's more targets in place now with Baldwin out for Metcalf. There's more targets potentially in place for Nikhil Harry um, and maybe even Devo Samuel. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so so this was all talking about Paris Campbell because we're talking about the friendship strategy. If you don't know what the friendship strategy is, it's basically my thought of drafting two wide receivers from the same team uh, they're supposed to independently have good value where you're drafting them. You have to like them, but you also have to be willing to accept that you might just get one great player out of them, like, uh, and, and be fine with that. So, like, if if Tyro Williams wasn't good, you know, when I drafted Keenan Allen and Tyro Williams, well, that probably meant Keenan Allen was a star and the Tyro Williams pick, whatever, he he was a bust, but it didn't matter because you got great return from Tyro Williams. Meanwhile, uh, from Keenan Allen. Meanwhile, if Keenan Allen had gotten hurt, Tyro Williams, in theory. Would have returned amazing value from like round eight. So um, I actually think the Chargers would work well for this scenario. Dave, you had two guys that are sort of in the friendship strategy.
0: Uh, it was
1: the Texans' number two and number three receivers, Fuller and Kiki QT. So where so where does Fuller go? Where does Fuller get drafted?
0: Anywhere from round six to eight. So I th- he I has think, a wide range. I feel like
2: I think yeah. Hopkins and Fuller. Are great. If you're getting, fraction. if you're
0: getting, I mean, Fuller falls a little bit in PPR just because he doesn't catch the ball very much. He's clearly touchdown dependent. So if he falls, I think past round seven, he qualifies. I mean, you, you, Adam, you and I are probably a little bit uh, aggressive on Geronimo Allison, but I think Adams and Allison fall in this category too. Yes, for me, yeah. But Dave, well, you said well, they, Fuller. They, Q2. they definitely do, but I, I think you and I push up his value a little bit. Right, right, right. Uh, most, most drafts right now are not taking Geronimo Allison. Where you and I take? So to, to
2: go back to Dave and the Texans guys if you want to talk about, you take Fuller and QT. And
1: it's the idea that QT is someone you'd only start when Fuller doesn't play.
3: Which is like half the weeks. Right.
2: Or or QT just outplays them. And if you have to drop one of them, fine. But you're, the theory is one of those two guys is going to be really good. Right.
1: Yeah. Which is a little bit different than you know banking on the two Chargers receivers because I think you could start both of those guys every week. And one of them will be great, and I think there will be weeks where they're both good, and there will be some weeks where both stink.
2: Okay, uh, Jamie, did you want Packers guys Is that you're?
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, I would just throw names up. Okay, uh, the you could probably you could probably do it with uh, Alshon and Deshaun in Philly. Interesting.
2: See, that's an interesting one because if Alshon got hurt, would Deshaun Jackson's role you think increase
1: significantly?
0: No, I think then you'd see the the rookie in in our Segal White side. You know, get a increased role.
1: I bet but, you'd see more targets for Deshaun.
0: And eh, I, I don't know. I don't. I think don't think so. he's
1: got. I don't think he's got. Let me say this. I I think he's got a role carved out as that deep ball receiver. Sure. That's three, four targets a week. And if Alshon's not on the field and Jay Jaw as his initials mm. go isn't ready, then I think Deshaun Jackson would take on a bigger role in the offense, and he'd see an uptick in targets.
0: Yeah, but I can't see him going consistently above six targets a game.
1: Right, so that's why to I me it would. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to do a lot with it. I think he would get it. Though.
0: I, I think you can make this case with any of the 49ers receivers or the Cardinals receivers as well. Yeah, I, because Pettis because and Debo? Pettis is not going to go before round seven in most leagues, and Kirk is going to be in that same range also. And I, I certainly would take my chances on Pettis and, and Samuel as reserve receivers, both of them. The same thing with Kirk and any combination of most likely Fitzgerald, but uh, Fitzgerald or Isabella or Butler.
2: Okay, so just last thing on on friendship here, since we're all friends. The uh, the, the injury angle <laughs> does play into it for me because you know you're ideally getting two receivers that you could start every week or most weeks with the second guy, but if you're giving yourself a little insurance, because if you take Hopkins and Fuller. And Hopkins gets hurt. Well, the good news is Will Fuller all of a sudden becomes a stud. I'm not saying that would definitely happen, but I think it's possible.
3: So So is Ridley going too early for this? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what his ADP is right now. It's got to be around top 50.
2: He's top 60.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: So moving on. Next one. Fill in the blank. The most annoying backfield for fantasy owners will be blank.
3: We all want to say it at once. (laughs) This is the easiest one. Yep. Go ahead. 49ers yep
2: yeah <laughs> that's what i had too
0: matt yeah. breeda also came out today and said or recently and said uh, uh we're all gonna have a role i'm not gonna give away any secrets but we're all gonna play a lot yay
2: so I, I guess i can pull up the draft we did last week i know jamie you said tevin coleman
0: was good value yeah i think if you're getting any potential starting running back and i still think coleman's gonna be the starter in round six or later that's a good gamble because especially what this backfield should be able to produce. Now, if you're talking maybe on a best-case scenario, 30 touches for their backfield, which, again, is high, and they're all getting 10, it's going to be frustrating. But I think at some point we'll start to see a little bit of a pecking order. And you would expect Coleman to be a top I, 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 I would expect Coleman to, to lead the pecking order. But, look, it's also one of those scenarios where if you're not counting on any of them, and in that draft in particular, Adam, it went – uh, Coleman, and then McKinnon very soon after. I think a round or two later. No, seven it, or eight. Five, five picks later. Okay, so e- even worse. Um, and, and then Breida, I'm sure, went very late if he even got drafted at all. It wouldn't be a shock if Breida's the best guy. He did. I, I'll tell you where they went. Uh, I'm just looking
2: at it now. Tevin Coleman went 72nd overall, last pick of round six. Jarek Jer- McKinnon went five picks later. Too soon. Round seven. And then Matt Breida went in the in round nine. So that would be... 99th overall.
3: Yeah, looking at their uh, best ball ADP right now, Tevin Coleman's at, and just since this May 1st, Tevin Coleman's at 71. That's in the end of round six. McKinnon's at 78, so almost exactly where he went. I don't get it. And Breed is at 122. Yeah. Don't
1: you just skip McKinnon here? And if you're going to take those two running backs, or if, if that's ADP, two yeah, yeah. Backs, oh, yeah, absolutely. All you're going to do, well, let's say it was an auction. And you're spending the money, and you know it's only going to take a buck or two to get McKinnon or Breida. Well, if you get them for a buck, I think you do it. Which one would you rather have, McKinnon, McKinnon. or Breida? McKinnon, yeah. Okay. They, uh, the 49ers were 11th in the NFL in rush attempts per game last year, 26.4 per
0: game. Yeah, but their defense was horrid, and the quarterback was out. So, I mean, you know, those things are going to significantly improve in in, in huge capacity. Not disagreeing capacity. at all.
2: All right, here we go. Fill in the blank. Some weird ones
0: here. Well, it's the second yeah. worst backfield.
2: Tampa Bay is pretty bad. And most
0: annoying. Most annoying. About most annoying.
1: Bears, Bears. could Wa- be the Bears. Yeah. Washington's gonna have a lot of guys that come week eight. have talent, but you're not gonna be <laughs> the comfortable Browns comfortable come anymore.
0: week nine. I'm sorry, come week nine, the Browns. Could be, could be week ten. Week you you're right.
3: Well, the Lions will be annoying.
1: Oh, yeah, might they be annoying.
3: won't. Because they refused, right? Yeah.
1: Unless uh, guys get hurt, they have no choice.
2: I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna give Carryon Johnson a pretty big so workload. So do I. Yeah. Okay. Hope next so. up. Next up. In PPR leagues, Blank Camara should go ahead of Blank Barkley. What the hell is going? As this, we may <laughs> say that Camara should go ahead of Barkley, and, and making you guys say it. I agree with Blank. It. I don't. Let's see what Twitter said. I put up the poll a little while ago. Heath, what do you think? Who should go first, Barkley or Camara?
0: Uh, Barkley. They're very close. I mean, it, it, it's you should be happy with either
3: one.
2: Barkley had, I think, 36 catches in his last eight games,
1: if that.
3: Double mm-hmm. check. How many did Kamara have in his last eight games?
1: Probably less. Why? Really? I, I have no idea. I I'm just
2: assuming so. that Heath knew, and that's why he said no. that. 33 catches. Hmm. Uh, no, no, not Camara. Not Barkley, 33. Oh. Uh, who do you like in PPR? Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Sixty-three percent of the vote goes to Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We all saw what Kamara did when Mark Ingram was out. He was the best running back in fantasy in PPR. Thirty-five catches in four games.
3: But they replaced him. Th- oh, did they?
0: They did. I
3: think they it's fair. Did. I think
1: it's fair to say that they replaced him with, with what
0: a better player, Latavius Murray, equal. Really? To what Mark Ingram was last year? Absolutely. With to well, to what he was last year maybe, yeah. but not to what he is. In his
3: last eight games, Alvin Kamara had 34 catches. Get out of here. It about even. Well, he had one more.
2: So he's on pace for two more catches. I'll take those two points in PPR. Yeah, right. I, I,
1: I'm I'm psyched about Kamara and the Saints offense. I think he'll get a little bit more work. Uh, not, not to say that he'll get all the work, because Latavius is going to get 10 touches a week. But I, I think that he's just going to continue to be used in Unique ways, exciting ways. It's a great offense. And I'm just not sold on Saquon without Odell Beckham taking the top off. So he's, let me say gonna this. He's going to get a ton of volume, and he'll get good numbers. I'm just taking Kamara first.
2: I need to clarify something on my end. I actually would take Barkley first. I just thought it was an interesting topic. And I'm not worried about Barkley's kind of decrease in catches late in the season. I imagine he'll be around 80. Uh, but it, I think it's I think it's certainly plausible that Kamara is the number one running back in fantasy and PPR. Uh, but I just, I don't know. It, it seemed the, the, like uh, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Barkley is going to go ahead of Kamara, and
3: I just wanted to bring the debate up. Um, does everyone on Twitter wish they love their team as much as you love the Giants? The Knicks, not the Giants. So you don't love the Giants as much as the Knicks?
2: No, I don't. Yeah. So, Heath has thrown me off. Okay, next up. You know which offense is going to be surprisingly awesome this year? I'll tell you which one. Blank. Dallas. Oakland. Whoa, well, okay.
1: That. What did I just do there? Did you say surprisingly awesome? Yes. Or just awesome? Surprisingly. All right, so Atlanta wouldn't be a surprise. Maybe Dallas wouldn't even be a surprise. No, it would be a surprise
2: to me. Dallas, <laughs> Oakland, Heath.
3: I'm trying to think like surprisingly awesome. Um, I think you could build the case. Why not Carolina?
1: Carolina could be fun.
3: Okay, you love Wilker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He did not have a good
1: rookie minicamp, according to
0: reports. Unfortunately, (laughs) don't worry, he's gonna have about five of them because he's never gonna play. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right, here's a weird fill in the blank. It's probably not gonna go over well. I think Blank is the best Blank on the Blank, even though his teammate Blank is being drafted first.
0: You spent a lot of time on these questions. Huh? <laughs>
2: yeah. I think Blank is the best Blank Can, just, on can blank? you just
0: play the Ben interview now?
3: And yeah. Just...
1: <laughs> even though his teammate Blank is being first. Is it Blank? His, is... his, his lawnmower is more exciting than this question. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm following up. I think Devin Singletary is the better <laughs> running back in Buffalo, even though LeSean McCoy is getting drafted. Thank
4: you, Dave.
2: See, it's a really good fill in the blank. Thank you. Confirmed. Great fill in the blank.
0: Can you repeat the question?
2: Sure. I think Blank is the best Blank on the Blank, even though his teammate Blank is being drafted first. Arthur? Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Blank stares across the room. How about this one? <laughs> I don't really believe this, but again, just to spark discussion. I think
3: Robert Woods is the best wide oh. receiver on the Rams, even though his teammate Brandon Cooks is being drafted earlier.
2: I don't know that Brandon Cooks is being drafted earlier, actually. By
0: ADP, he is. Best ball or not best Yes. Ball?
2: Okay, that's fair. I, I was going to say, I think, and again, I don't believe this, but I think it's worth debating. Wait, I wait, think, ask the question one more time. I think Mike Williams is the best wide receiver on the Chargers, even though his teammate Keenan Allen is being drafted first. Dude, that's terrible. Is it? Because Mike Williams caught 10 touchdown passes last year, and Keenan Allen's never had more than eight. And Keenan Allen do this, does not yeah. catch passes. He could catch touchdowns. It's weird. He just doesn't do it.
0: I think Greg Williams is the best coach on the Jets, even <laughs> though Adam Gase has been paid as the head coach and the GM.
1: That's good. That's good. Hey, look, Mike Williams doesn't man. he have doesn't he have two of the uh, the uh, the Saints former Saints coaches that were on the the I mean, um, Bounty Gate the Bounty Gate team on his coaching staff now. Uh, Greg Williams is there, is Joe, and he's related to Joe. I was going to say, as his
0: father-in-law, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Can this, I? Can I give this a, can seems I, like an
1: enormous money grab for the Jazz coaching staff.
2: Can I give a, a Mike Williams stat now? He only had five games last year with more than four targets. In those five games, he scored 13, 24, 7, 35, and 17 fantasy points.
0: Give this guy the ball. He produces.
2: He's got a chance.
0: All right, so let me ask you a question. So... They have to, and I don't remember the top I think it's right around 110, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Tyrell Williams and Antonio Gates targets.
2: Oh, I can tell you, actually, it did that. But, yeah, go ahead. It's 45 what? for Gates and 65 for, well, nice work, Jamie,
0: 110. So where do the 110 targets go? Because you're bringing back, clearly, Hunter Henry, who should take the, on more targets that than that what Gates 80. had. be 80. You would, well, you would think.
2: Keep in mind, keep in, before you even go any further. Philip Rivers had his fewest pass attempts in nine years, so there could be more. Well, pass Well, I'm, attempts I'm just
0: looking at the 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 numbers from a year ago.
2: Yeah, was just, it a just low
0: just, number though? That's that's just the, just the vacated targets. It's so a tough assume game that Allen's in the same range. Assume that Mike Williams is in the same range for now. No, I, I want more. I, he has I, to I, have, obviously. Well, he had 66 we, targets, we, so
2: I have to assume that some of those targets are going to him. Oh I, yeah, I think you
3: give him half of that many more.
2: Give him 100. Yeah, i give him 100 targets.
0: Fair. So, But 80 goes to Hunter Henry. Yeah.
2: And then maybe maybe Melvin Gordon loses some. Loses some? Yeah, maybe. The running backs in general lose some. Or maybe Phillip Rivers just throws more. Because like I said, fewest pass attempts in nine years.
0: I don't know. I think that defense is going to be nasty. Yeah.
2: It just seemed kind of low for him, but sure.
0: But the run game was better.
2: Yeah, I know. I mean, it made sense to be lower, but it surprised me. Fewest in nine years, that's all. Uh, yeah, it, obviously, I'm taking Keenan Allen first. <laughs> but uh, No, I, Mike Williams is a, is a good value. About, I wanted you to know, talk it, about him.
0: I think once you get past um, what is probably the consensus top 20 receivers based on ADP, he is one of my favorite targets to look for. We will it's be. Just too bad he's
3: not one of Philip Rivers' favorite targets to look for. <laughs>
2: We will be back after this blank to read your emails and talk to Ben Volan.
0: After this bad question, then another good advertisement.
2: Exactly. There we go. Okay, we're coming right back on Fantasy Football today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. 14 TV. Uh, B- what? Yeah, <laughs> what?
0: Can can our audience send in some fill in the blank questions for our next show?
2: Yeah, see if they're better than
0: yours. Sure. You could email it or you can tweet us. Uh, and the bet the best one will get a spot in the podcast league. Jamie, you <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever figure out who won the draft contest? <laughs> no, I will this weekend.
3: Honestly, I will. Uh, I, no one believes you.
2: I think there were a few people who had seven right, so I just have to. We're just almost at the 2020
3: draft, so you might want to hurry
2: up. 14-team <laughs> half PPR league. What is Sammy Watkins' dynasty value?
1: I can't see it's. I can't say it's very high. I think you're you're in win now mode with Sammy. I think he's got at least one solid year left, and it could be as many as three or four. But I don't think you can look at him and say this is a guy who's going to be my wide receiver two for the next three years
3: the thing yeah
1: it's difficult
3: um i have him at 27th in my dynasty wide receiver rankings i think he could be top 10 this year and he may never be top 20 again how old do you think sammy watkins is? i think sammy watkins is 27 years old Five. i was gonna
1: say 27 <laughs> nope 25 yeah
3: so how old a
0: 25-year-old Sammy Watkins, if he – let's just say he plays 16 games and he puts up the Tyreek Hill season. Forget about how it gets done. Fantasy points at the end of the year. Where's his dynasty value then? Top 10? Uh, yeah. And Tyreek Hill never plays for the Chiefs ever again.
1: Right. So that would be an example of him giving you three more good years. I've got him as a top 30 receiver on the yet-to-be-published dynasty fantasy trade values chart.
2: So, Jamie, like, what do you think? What, I know you gave a hypothetical, but what do you think his dynasty value is? Top 30 is a big group there, Dave. I mean, is he is he 25? Is he 30? Like uh,
1: 29.
2: 29? Yeah, I mean, that's yep. that's pretty low. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's low. He had five games last year with more than five targets, but never more than nine. So seven, eight, or nine targets. And in all five of those games, Sammy Watkins had 74 yards or a touchdown.
0: And you have to hope that Patrick Mahomes gets better? 'Cause he only was a first year starter, so as he gets better, he gets more understanding of how to use his receivers. And Watkins, if he stays healthy, will be his number one guy, assuming Tyreek Hill is gone. There's a lot to like what about. What do you think? How, give me give me he, a
2: number, like top 20. What? top twenty. 20?
3: How many rookie wide receivers would you rather have than Sammy Watkins? Zero. Zero.
2: Yes. Interesting. Would you rather have Tyreek Hill or Sammy Watkins in a dynasty league?
1: Watkins. Watkins. I mean. No, Watkins. I look,
2: I Hill's probably gonna play again.
1: This is a huge year for Sammy because he's got the, the team can cut him and save 14 million on the cap before 2020.
3: That's interesting. Yeah, he's got a ball out.
2: All right, next email. Am I wrong to say that Sammy Watkins, that Tyree Hill's is going to probably play again?
3: Uh, almost for sure. Yeah, I would um, say.
2: Dan in Liverpool, we have a small standard scoring league. Six members. To make up for the small amount of players, we have deep rosters. Two quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flexes, kicker and DST, and seven bench spots. Due to trading up for picks, I have managed to secure myself the fifth, sixth, and eighth overall picks. What would you do in this spot? Three picks, five, six, and eight. Remember, he starts two quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers, two flex.
3: I'd probably start with two running backs and a receiver.
2: Standard scoring, so yeah, it favors the running backs.
1: And just because it's a two quarterback league, normally we say, "Oh, you've got to get a quarterback early." But there's only six teams, so there's only twelve starting quarterbacks. You're going to wait a long time on quarterbacks. Do you for sure I, then in the second
2: round if he has a second round pick, for sure take a tight end since you are yeah a,
0: the eighth overall pick is a second round pick. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I would take Kelsey with one of those picks.
1: I don't know what he's got after 8. If he's got like 12, 13, 14, then I'd target a tight end with one of those picks. You know what? Here's why I wouldn't take a tight end.
2: Because you're starting two quarterbacks, three running backs, three wide receivers, two flex, and one tight end. So that one tight end is is not... But he's not going to really have as much impact on the roster because you're starting so many players. You know what I mean?
1: But you're still going to start a player there... If, if you get one of the really great ones, who's going to have an advantage over the guy that's forced to start Austin
4: Hooper? No,
0: nobody's that, starting Austin said this Hooper many times, Adam. About how where Kelsey ranks as a receiver, but nobody's starting Austin Hooper.
2: Like it's well, they you're, might. You're I starting. Mean, you know, you're starting it, Evan Ingram. You know you you, you, you would, would hope
0: ends. you would hope that the three guys that were at the top last year finished at the top again, and then after that, it's a gamble still. I, I guess you're time. right, Adam, because you're,
1: there's only six teams, only six starting. But tight ends. but still,
0: again, you, you know, you're you're hoping Evan Ingram is great. You're hoping OJ Howard is great. The you're other guys hoping, are safer, right? Obviously. Of course, yeah. And he's got so much capital at the top of the draft. Let's not forget that there's going to be great running backs in round five and great receivers in round eight. <laughs> you know, it's not like he has to reach for those guys that necessarily that much earlier.
1: One running back, one receiver, one tight end. You could start that way. But that tight end has to be Kelsey, right?
2: I mean, he's the only one that we could justify there.
1: I don't think he would go in one of the first seven picks either.
2: Probably not. All right, from Joseph. Hey, Mo, Blair, Dawn, and Tiff. Mm, I don't know. 10-team PPR league. We keep two veterans and a rookie. I'm keeping McCaffrey and Green. Name the rookie I should pick. Uh, Now it's a second-year player. Darius Geis or DJ Moore? I have the second overall pick.
3: I'd go with more. I have not hit the Google search yet, and I'm just gonna say like I almost searched before I said I, what I thought it was. But I I I'm have gonna go it. ahead and put it out there and say what I think it is, uh-huh. just because I want. Is that the facts of life? It is Black Monday mm.
1: on Showtime. No,
3: there was definitely a Blair and a Tiff on the facts. No, of Life. It's no, it's a Tootie. No the
1: tiff. Not tiff. No, no Tiff on to- facts. of Life. There was Tootie. There was Blair.
0: There was Joe. Joe. Yeah.
2: And Joe.
1: Nat. Natalie.
0: Yeah. God, you guys. Are with old. Mrs. Garrett yeah. so
2: hot. <laughs> I never saw the facts of life. Sorry. That
0: explains a lot about yeah, you.
2: Yeah, right. That- I didn't even hear your answer, guys, or Moore? more?
0: I'd take more. More. Uh, you saw the au pairs of my life. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have unfortunately watched way too much Days of Our Lives in my life. My mom and sister are in on that. Joey C says I work the graveyard shift in Las Vegas right now, loading trucks with a forklift. LOL, it's 1 a.m. here. You guys reach so many people of all walks of life and do an amazing job. Thank you very much, Joey C. He says, one complaint, make the podcast longer. LOL. Ugh, no. Okay, he's got a couple of questions. Let's see what we can answer here. Jarvis Landry in the sixth round. What do you think about that value? And are people sleeping on Hunter Henry? There you go. There's there's, here's questions. No and yes. What, no to what? Jarvis Landry. In the sixth round?
0: What's the format? Uh, I would say no in standard, but yes in PPR. Or no in non-PPR, yes in PPR.
2: Okay. Okay, good. Thank you, Joey. I appreciate uh, your email, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, This is from Levi. Dear Patrick, Baker, Davis, and Graham. Oh, those sound like Texas Tech, or quarterbacks.
1: Yep. Mahomes, Mayfield, (laughs) Davis Webb, Graham... Oh, I know this.
2: Graham uh, Graham Harrell.
1: Yes, Graham Harrell. That that sounds familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah. So those are those are Texas Tech guys, right? Oh, I know who Ben Volen's favorite quarterback is.
4: <laughs>
1: who?
0: Gardner Mission Mich-
1: Mich- <laughs> well, I don't get it. Oh, I know who's favorite <laughs> mascot is.
2: <laughs> okay, here's the question. This is the song, right?
0: take the good, you take
2: the bad. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, it's a fun song. All right, tr- I made a trade in my Dynasty League. I wanted to know what you thought. I gave up Leonard Fournette, Chris Godwin, and the 14th pick in the rookie draft for Antonio Brown and the first pick in the rookie draft.
3: Back Winner! Fournette,
2: Godwin, and the 14th really? pick oh. for Brown oh, and
1: the it. first pick. I, you've got the first pick in the rookie draft. Yeah. He moved up 13 spots. He's got Antonio Brown. We don't know how long Fournette's going to be playing for.
0: You know how long Antonio Brown's
3: going to be playing for? Three, four more years. Maybe.
1: And he's got Josh Jacobs. I He's got two Raiders.
3: I, I don't feel as passionately about this trade as either Dave and Jamie do. I'm just going to call it a C. You
2: also give it up to Chris Godwin here, so that's not nothing. Gave up Fournette, Goblin in the 14th pick for Antonio Brown in the first pick of the rookie draft. He's a Tyreek Hill owner. He needs a wide receiver. Do you have Dynasty ADP? Have
0: you seen I, that yet? I, oh, you, you yes, had it yeah well, yeah. What is it? What's the fourteenth pick right now?
3: Um, I okay. I don't have it in front of me, but it's right
0: around Kyler or one of the tight ends. Because I was going to say that could be Daryl Henderson. Yeah, it could be. I think he was a little earlier than that. They might be, but I'm just I'm thinking ranges.
2: If if you were doing a startup dynasty league right now, who would you take first, Antonio
1: Brown or Leonard Fournette?
0: I think I'd take Brown. I
3: think I'd take Fournette.
0: I would probably take Fournette as well.
2: You know what, Levi? I think this is a good trade in, in the sense that both teams probably won. I mean, I would take Brown. You just looked something up and saw that Brown. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Ben Volan is about to come on. Uh, we recorded this a few days ago, so if any breaking news happens with the Patriots, uh, you know we don't know about it. But it was so a when great, they trade for Khalil. <laughs> yeah, they trade Khalil exactly. Uh, we, uh, we had a great time talking to him, and uh, I think you will really enjoy it. It's actually very fantasy-relevant stuff. So please enjoy Ben Volin. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll come back on, not sure if it's going to be Monday or Tuesday, but we'll talk to you early next week with another awesome edition of Fantasy Football Blank. Time for today's guest. we got Ben Volin, an NFL and Patriots writer for the Boston Globe. You can follow him on Twitter at Ben Volin, V-O-L-I-N. Hello, Ben Volin. Thanks for coming on. Great to have you. Thank you for having me. Yes, now you, you know Jamie and Dave, old friends.
4: I do. We go way back. Uh, back, uh, I'm I'm the only idiot who moves from South Florida up to Boston and not the other way around. But <laughs> yeah, back back in the day, Jamie and I used to work together down in Palm Beach, Post, Florida.
2: That's right. Ah, very nice, very nice. Well, you know, dan has gone on to bigger and better things than I have, though.
0: So congratulations to you.
2: In uh, in 30 or 40 years, you move back to Palm Beach and come full circle. How about that? Uh, So the Super Bowl champion Patriots drafted Mikheil Harry in round one, obviously very fantasy relevant, drafted running back Damian Harris in round three, drafted, I don't know, Ben, the two offensive linemen with the hardest names to pronounce in the draft. Is that fair in rounds three and four?
4: Uh, Very fair. Yadni Kajust from West Virginia and Yalta Froholt from Arkansas by way of Denmark, Uh, only the second, player from Denmark ever drafted in the NFL. The first was uh, a kicker you may have heard of, a Hall of Famer named Morton Anderson. Mm. That was all the way back in 1982. So Froholt is the first position player uh, ever drafted by the Patriots. Fourth round uh, and they like him. Uh, the Patriots have Brett Bielema on their staff and he coached Froholt at, at Arkansas um, and, and I've been told they, they like him as a center. So we'll see if uh, maybe, not this year, but the Patriots usually redshirt their, their offensive lineman. but maybe next year he um, competes for a starting interior line job. Cool. Uh, so let's start with, uh,
2: with the running game. They had the third most carries in the NFL last year. Why did they draft Damian Harris in round three, and what role will he play?
4: Even though they had, a, a, a I think, a well-stocked backfield uh, already he- heading into the draft, you can never have too many of those guys, and especially the Patriots. They all do uh, a little bit uh, of different roles, and like Rex Burkhead, Great player, a real Swiss Army knife for them, but is always nicked up, is always battling injuries, um, has been tough uh, to depend on in that department for the last two years. James White has been great out of the backfield, but he's really pretty strictly a a third down kind of pass catching receiver back. Uh, And and Sonny Michelle was there between the tackles guy last year, and I don't think that's really his, his true role. Ah, uh, they wanted Jeremy Hill uh, from Cincinnati to fill that role, he tore his ACL in the first game of the season. Uh, and Sony Michelle, by default, was the between-the-tackle guys. But I don't think A, he he came into the league with knee injuries and, and knee issues, and B, I don't think he's a twenty-five carry game guy. So uh, there was room for another back, and they they got a young, cheap legs and in, in uh, Harris, Damian Harris, and they got a, a guy who's pretty productive in a, a limited role at Alabama. So. Um, just with with injuries and depth, and how important the run game is to that offense now, I, I think you can never have enough running backs. So, Ben, how do you see it all breaking
0: down? Uh, I, I don't know percentage wise or carry wise. You know, how do, how do you see the the backfield touches being distributed this season?
4: Well, I, I do think that uh, Sonny Michelle struggled a lot in the short yardage and the goal line situations last year, so I could see uh, Harris picking up the slack in that situation. Uh, James White is has such a defined role uh, as the third down back as he's a slot receiver. He, he does carry the ball, but only, you know, out of the shotgun when the defense is playing back and expecting to pass those type of situations when the Patriots have blocking advantages. Um, So I think it's going to come down to Harris and and Michelle um, uh, for first and second downs. And and they're probably just going to ride the hot hand. Burkhead will be a change of pace guy. Again, he's more, I think of a receiver type like uh, like, like James White. Um, so they have four backs who all kind of do different things in, in different roles, but I, I think if you're looking for rushing touchdowns and first and second down guys, you know, Harris is a decent bet because Sony Michelle. the numbers look good, but I think his rookie year could have been better last year.
0: So when Bill well, Belichick hears this, it's going to be Brandon Bolden as their, <laughs> uh, their full-time guy, right?
4: Yeah, if not a tight end. <laughs> Although Bolden, um, he'll make the team as a special teamer, and but you know he he's not a ball carrier here, but he had two huge touchdown runs against them last year when he was in Miami, and it almost cost them, or it did cost them playoff seating and everything. So uh, Brandon Bolden, in an emergency, you're right, he's the fifth guy, but I would expect him mostly to be special teams.
2: So Dave and Jamie, why don't you uh, react to that? And um, if... You think we need to start, you know, considering, or if we already have, downgrading Sony Michel?
0: I, I continue to drop him. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's. It, I think Ben is is 100 accurate. You know, it's going to be another frustrating Patriots situation. Aside, I think from what James White does, Michel should be the the, the first guy taken in certainly non PPR leagues. But I think the addition of Harris and and how they want to sort of operate is going to make it frustrating to say Sony Michel for 16 games can be. Or, or for you know, a, a thirteen-game fantasy season can be a guy you can confidently start. We can, we got certainly the beginning of the season, so you see how it all sort of, sort of works out.
1: Yeah, my jaw is kind of on the floor, uh, Ben. I've been reading your stuff for years, and I I totally trust you on this. Uh, I loved what I saw from Sony Michelle last year, and I really loved what I saw from Damian Harris in uh, at Alabama, and yeah, I, maybe I knew in the back of my mind that this was a possibility. The, the fact that it's going to be an annoying three-headed monster, it, I'll tell you what, it makes me want to take James White first in PPR, put him ahead of the pack. You know he's no, going to catch a lot of already, passes. right? No, I had Sony ahead you of had him in PPR. You. Yeah, but it, it was close. Now I don't think it's close anymore. And now I, 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 be, uh, this is great for me because I de- definitely love Damian Harris coming out. Now I've got a reason to take him late and just to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I, my reaction to that is, I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. I think that's really how I'm feeling right now.
4: Right. Well, it's if, if I could chime in, I for sure would t- keep an eye on Harris. And I, he'll, he'll definitely be the better value than Michelle. Sonny Michelle's short yardage rushing was bad enough last year that they started handing off to James Devlin, the fullback. And you look yes, at his rushing numbers, he had a you know, career year in terms of uh, carries and touchdown runs. And that was because Sonny Michelle wasn't getting it done. And I don't know if that's the role they necessarily drafted him for. Like I said, they wanted Jeremy Hill to be in that role. So I think Harris kind of slides into the Jeremy Hill role. And that's a guy who was going to have a nice role for the Patriots until he tore his ACL in week one. Um, j- just depth is so important for that team because they really do want to be a running, ball control, play action type of offense, big and physical. And you can't just rely on one running back. Injuries are going to happen. They need to have depth there. So I, I do think Sony Michelle will probably be overdrafted and Harris will probably be underdrafted.
1: Well, let's I tra- love that Ben plays fantasy. Yeah, it's always
2: good. I love talking about the writers who play fantasy. Uh, let's talk about the passing game then. You know, Tom Brady, uh, I believe he was the number 11 quarterback in 4 point per passing touchdown, number 12, in 6 point per passing touchdown. They still had a very good year, but they obviously are a, a running team at this point. So, Nikhil Harry in round one, bringing back Julian Edelman, new tight ends in the mix. I could ask you specifically about players, but you know what? You did such a nice job with the running backs. Why don't you break down the pass catchers? And uh, how you see it looking in 2019?
4: Well, the good news is Julian Edelman's back. And we saw last year uh, how good of a connection he has with Brady and how he's the engine of the offense. It really goes through Edelman. Um he, I, I see no reason why him and Brady won't connect, and as long as he stays healthy, he'll have a great, productive year. Look, they don't have Gronk anymore, and he wasn't the same Gronk for most of last year, but the offense did struggle when he wasn't playing as well. And now they really are just taping it together with Band-Aids trying to replace him. Uh, they signed Matt LaCosse from Denver, who I think at best is probably realistically a number two tight end. Um, they just signed. They brought Ben Watson out of retirement. We'll see how much he has left in the tank if he makes the team. Same kind of deal with Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, a big enough tight end where he can do the the inline blocking and the receiving. Um, but they only gave him like 80,000, 50,000 guaranteed. So I, I don't think he's a lock to make the team by any stretch. Um, I they and honestly, they might just be using their tight ends as blockers this year. I, they might they might not be emphasizing them in the offense as much. And and if you look at who they've got on the outside of receiver, they've they've drafted or signed like seven or eight receivers this year, and they're all six two or six three and two hundred ten pounds. It's uncanny. It's like they have a type. Uh, Nikhil Harry is the, the, those dimensions. He's actually a little bit bigger at 228. Demarius Thomas is that size. The, the undrafted rookies they signed are all that size. Josh Gordon is obviously that size. So I think they liked what they got out of Josh Gordon last year, that big physical presence on the outside. But they obviously, they know they can't rely on him to stay uh, active for, for the most of the games this season. So they went out and got Brady a shiny new target, Nikhil Harry. Um, Demarius Thomas coming off a torn ACL, I think, is a good uh, candidate to be a second half of the season type of guy. They stash him on pup, maybe for the first six weeks and then bring him back slowly, give Brady a new we- weapon in November and December. Um it, you know, Brady, I- I'm not optimistic on him having a bounce back year. I-, I think he's probably looking at similar stats. Um you know, he still has Edelman, he still has James White. Frankly, those are probably gonna be his top two receivers. But after that, there are a lot of question marks and a lot of unknowns, and Brady is going to be 42 years old. So this is really going to be a running team. James Devlin, the fullback, being the lead blocker, uh, Harris and Burkhead and, and uh, Sonny Michel leading the way, and then a, a lot of play-action passing. So uh, I'm not quite sure what to make yet of Brady and his weapons. Uh, we'll see what Josh McDaniels and those guys can come up with early in the season.
1: I mean, it sounds to me like they're going big. And, and the fact that you said what you said about the tight ends kind of lends itself to that. Um, even getting Jared Valdir adding to that depth. And one of the things that I liked about Nikhil Harry at Arizona State was his blocking, that he is able to push guys way out of the way and, and open up a room for other players to gain yards. Is, is that part of what they liked about Harry? What is it that they specifically um, see beyond that with him?
4: Yeah, I'd say his physicality and his willingness in the run game to be a a blocker, that's always a a plus for the Patriots. Um, They are a running team. You know, like you don't think – like Rob Gronkowski was always a great blocker. Julian Edelman is a great blocker. So having your guys who are receivers who can also uh, carry their weight in the run game is is very important. The Harry draft pick was interesting for two reasons. One, this was Bill Belichick's 20th draft with the Patriots. This was the first time he ever used a first-round pick on a receiver. Um, they had used one in the past at number 36. They took Chad Jackson, obviously didn't go so well, but it was unique for Belichick to use a pick that high uh, on receiver. Also, Harry is not the Swiss army knife. Usually the Patriots love these guys who are versatile and they play in the slot and they played quarterback Mm -hmm. and you can hand them the ball and line them up all over the field. Nikhil Harry is really just an X. He's a big physical outside receiver who can win contested catches. Um, he can beat. You know, smaller cornerbacks with his physicality, and as you said, he can uh, dominate in the run game. And I think it's the the Patriots are again, when most of the NFL zigs, they they zag. I think the NFL is going to a speed league, um, and I see the Patriots countering and trying to go big and physical. The, the offensive line, Jared Jared Veldier, they just signed for offensive tackle, 6'8", 325 pounds. Uh, they went out and got a, another between the tackles running back, and Harris. They love their fullback James Devlin. They're going out and getting a bunch of six foot three. Uh, receivers and oh by the way that their second round pick was a cornerback joe Juan williams who's six foot four so i just mm. think uh, across uh, both sides of the ball the patriots are going for big physical size uh and, and that's the type of offense they just want to bully the other team where you saw it in the super bowl uh their linebackers mark Barron for the rams is 220 pounds that that's where the nfl is going The the patriots are countering by going more big and physical
0: ben if you had to pick one of the patriots receivers to mow your lawn <laughs>
4: Good time. It's uh, <laughs> probably be Edelman. He's a real grinder. Uh, yeah, unfortunate timing with the uh, lawnmower. But that, a- those are the uh, the pitfalls of working from home, I guess. That's all right. Soundproof studio here.
0: It's all right. We're we're sitting in a, uh, in a in a podcast studio that the air conditioning is out. So uh, imagine that in Florida in, in May. I'm very comfortable in my home right now. Nobody likes you, though.
2: That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> I like you, Adam. Thank you. Um. So <clears throat> who uh who has a better chance? It's probably an easy one. Who has a better chance of playing for the Patriots this year, Josh Gordon or Rob Gronkowski? <laughs> uh,
4: Josh Gordon does. I think he's coming back. I think Roger Goodell wants to bring him back. He... Has actually developed a relationship with Josh Gordon likes him, and they've been trying to help him, and they've been bending over backwards, like creating new rules for him to try to get him back. Also, I think he'll be back at some point, whether that's training camp or September or October. I'm not quite sure, but I do think Gordon will be back. I'm not so bullish on Gronk coming back. Um, I don't think he's going to stay in football shape. I don't think he's just going to – like that's a different kind of workout than what I think he wants to put his body through. I think he wants to do a lot of yoga and and hang out in in Miami, which frankly is what we should all be doing. Yeah. Um, I I don't think he can just snap his fingers and show up in September and say I'm ready to go. And So I I just – I don't think he's going to stay in football shape. And I think he's done. I think he's tired of the hits and always being bruised and all the rehab and all that stuff like – I think nine years in the league was plenty for him. I, I think he shored up his hall of fame, uh, uh credentials and, and he's going to be a lock. So I, I think Gronk is done. When do you think Josh Gordon could realistically be back? Yeah, I don't know. It, it could be August. It could be September. Um, last year he came back for a training camp at some point with the Browns. And then he, you know, they, they released him and he, the Pagers claimed him and, and he showed up the next day and all that stuff. So it, it we haven't gotten any sort of clarity from Roger Goodell, and that's why you know the Patriots are certainly not counting on him, and they've drafted other players who can, I think, fill his role, and I think that's how they see Nikhil Harry. But uh, anything Gordon gives them this year is a bonus, and I do think he'll be back at some point, and uh, you know we'll see if he can stay uh, you know stay clean and stay off the suspended list and all those things. But I, I do think he'll be back. But the, the Roger Goodell and and the, um, the Patriots. Really have offered, and I don't think they know yet. I think they're waiting to, you know, see how Gordon's doing and uh, his off-field stuff as well. But I do think he'll be back.
1: Dave, I want to. I, I want to go back to Harry. Um, if if you had to tag a stat line to him, do you see him contributing to the point of 800 yards and five touchdowns this year? Do you think he could be more than that? I know it's it's rare when we've seen a uh, perimeter receiver put up good numbers in this Patriots offense.
4: Um, I don't know about that, um, but it, it's hard for rookies to come in and be very productive right away. It, it's a demanding offense that relies a lot on option routes and uh, both the quarterback and the receiver reading the defense both before and after the snap and knowing if this guy goes this way, we're going to go here. And just, you know, Julian Edelman, years and years of working with Tom Brady, you can see how good they are and how they're just so compatible it's going to take Nikhil Harry a little bit to get on that same page I I think the Patriots feel like how they integrated Josh Gordon last year that gives them confidence they don't have to give Nikhil Harry a hundred different things just here are five different ten different things here's your role and let's see what you can do so I I would temper expectations maybe five six hundred yards 40 something catches four or five touchdowns maybe you know it's going to be uh I a tough rookie year for him at some points. I don't think he's going to be able to come in and have the same impact that Josh Gordon did. You know, Josh Gordon had experience in the NFL and at one point was a first team all pro. We'll see what Nikhil Harry becomes. So I would temper expectations, but he's going to get snaps. He's going to get opportunities on the outside and assuming he can stay healthy. He'll be an option, but he'll be the third, fourth or fifth option in the offense. So Ben, how long have you been on the Patriots beat? Uh, Had six seasons, six AFC Championship games, four trips to the Super Bowl. It's uh, it's been quite a ride.
2: (laughs) That's that's pretty fun. Um, How how would you describe a Bill Belichick press conference? And like, talk to me about like the first one. Were you intimidated? You know, and how have things changed over the years?
4: Um, I think he's gotten a little bit looser now that he's won a few more uh, Super Bowl titles, and he's a lot more. His legacy is pretty much secure as i mean the greatest of this generation and uh you know all time he's certainly on the mount rushmore so i just i i think this run of winning three in five years has really validated everything they they've done for the last two decades in terms of having two different dynasties anyway you know sometimes you kind of know when he's going to be grumpy and grumble and snort into the microphone and um, after games, he very rarely will talk about anything negative, like won't explain what happened on a bad play or anything. And, uh, his Wednesday press conferences, a lot of times it's usually when there's cameras there. That's when he's bad. Cause he's knows. he knows those clips are going to be played ad nauseum on sports center and local sports radio. And so that's, that's him setting the tone, but he'll do, um, he'll do conference calls like on the phone where he's just great or Friday press conferences. He's a lot more re- relaxed. Um, if you want to learn about the history of the game, if you want to learn about certain tactics, or like I said, how a lot of the league is trending towards slower or quicker players, so they've you know countered with bigger, faster players. He he'll go on for 20 minutes about that stuff. And again, he's a guy who um, not only is he winning Super Bowls now, but he game planned against Mean Joe Green and the Steel Curtain, and he coached Lawrence Taylor and game planned for Joe Montana. Like just the wealth of history knowledge this, this guy has incredible so there are days where he he's just great with stories like that and insight even into his current team and then there are times where he stares you down and gives you a sarcastic answer and grumbles and snorts into the microphone and whatever yeah it can be intimidating at times but you can't let him win like we all know there are certain (laughs) questions that have to be asked so you can't let him win and even though you you know what he's not going to give you an answer you still have to go through the whole dog and pony show because you you can't have a press conference where you're not asking him a key question about deflategate or aaron hernandez or whatever the the big play that you guys messed up on third and seven or why'd you lose in miami last. Week on what happened on the final play, like you can't, you can't not ask those questions. So you just, you have to go through the motions. And uh, I, I think at the end of the day, Belichick actually respects it when people are a professional journalists and ask hard questions, but in a fair, and respectful way. Sure. And,
2: and I guess last thing for you, you know that you've been around them for six seasons. Is there anything you've noticed that's not obvious? Like we know they have Belichick, they have Brady. Um, it, what makes them the superior team in the NFL? Maybe kind of like an underrated reason why the Patriots are the Patriots.
4: Yeah, I mean, those two certainly um, gloss over a lot of the team's personnel mistakes, a lot of the coaching mistakes. Um, Brady and Belichick uh, overcome a lot. The one thing I think is underrated is the continuity they've had. And that that's actually being tested this offseason. They've lost a bunch of coaches, um, not just Brian Flores, but assistant coaches, front office guys, scouts. So there is a lot of turnover, but they still have, you know, Brady, Belichick, McDaniels, Nick Casario, Ernie Adams, guys that have been with the operation key guys for all 20 years, basically. And the, the wealth of knowledge they have, it's like, you know, they could say, Oh, remember that play we ran against the chargers in 2007. What if we brought that back, but we had a wrinkle this time. And you're the dolphins or the bills and the jets and you're, you know, changing head coaches every three years, and you're constantly churning the front office and the and the coaching. How are you supposed to compete with just the institutional knowledge that the Patriots bring to the table every year? So I, I just, you know, their film vault is 20 years old at this point. Um, you know, just the the knowledge that that they, those guys have, and having Brady as a coach on the field too. It's just, I think their continuity and and uh, their institutional knowledge is a real, real big advantage over the other teams in the NFL.
0: Who's going to be the defense coordinator?
4: So what I've heard is that it's going to be Bill Belichick. That he's at the, you know at this point in the season when Greg Schiano leaves in mid March, like who's left at that point? All you know, all the coaches out there pretty much have their jobs for 2019 already set. So um, I, I've heard that Belichick is just going to handle it himself, and I don't think it'll be that much more responsibility for him. He's already pretty invested in the defense during the game. Uh, a lot of times when Brady and the offense is on the field, it's really McDaniels is the coach, and Belichick has his back to the field, coaching up defensive linemen and doing that stuff. So I've heard that Belichick's going to do it. Um, Brett Bielema is really the only other guy I think would be qualified, and he's going to be the defensive line coach. Gerard Mayo knows the defense, but he's a first-year coach. Steve Belichick, the coach's son, I, just, I don't think he's ready to call the plays yet, and I don't think there's anyone out there. So I think it's going to be Bill Belichick.
2: Hey, Ben, thanks so much for coming on. Great stuff. We really appreciate it, man.
4: Thank hope, you, Ben. I uh, hope you guys can fiddle with the levels there and uh, work with that lawnmower. No, very right? natural. Right, it, I hope, I hope natural. your landscaping is as great as the Patriots. <laughs> you certainly need it. So, you know, it's been raining a lot and the grass is growing pretty thick. So the lawnmower needs to be done. It was honestly very strange. Because just before we started the interview, I did ask
2: Jamie
0: how much it costs to have your lawnmower. Well, I, I, I was telling Adam that uh, I just had some ring cameras installed on my house. Nice. And it's the first time that they're mowing the lawn since the cameras have been installed. So my phone keeps buzzing every five seconds that there's motion in my house. So uh, Adam was asking me about that. So It's uh, it's
4: first world problems. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
0: yeah. Thank you for tying that all
2: in. Yeah, perfect. That is comfortable circle again. All right, that's Ben Volan, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. I'm Adam Azer. And that's it for Fantasy Football today. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you on
4: Monday. See you then.